Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Luke that we just heard read. We begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks this day for your word. Lord, that you have not left us in the darkness of our sin, but that you have revealed your truth to us on the pages of Scripture. We pray, O Lord, that these Scriptures would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path that would guide us always back to the glory of Christ. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you remember your favorite class from school? Favorite teacher? Any grade, any level of education, do you remember your favorite class or your favorite teacher? And do you remember your favorite Bible study? The most fun you ever had in a Bible study? The most interesting Bible study you were ever a part of? Do you remember what your favorite book is, the, the one you like to study the most? Do you remember these things? What, what are they for you? What is your favorite class or your favorite Bible study or your favorite teacher? I was thinking about these questions lately uh, as I was speaking with our intern who's coming, Rachel Bond, our DCE intern. And I was asking her, because she went to the same college, or she's going to the same college that I went to. And I asked her what her favorite classes were. And as it turns out, we had a class that we both liked. It was one of our favorite classes while we were there. And I was really glad to hear they still had it. As it turns out, I was there a really long time ago. Uh, but this class was called Lutheran Worship, which I know it sounds more exciting than you can possibly stand. But actually, this is a great class. Like, I loved my Lutheran Worship class because I learned a great deal about how worship works. Stuff I just didn't know. It opened my eyes to what's actually going on when we gather for worship. Like, I learned that when you come to worship, it is more about what God is doing for you than what you are doing for God. It's more about his sacramental presence than our sacrifices of prayer and praise. Though both are involved, primarily what happens when we come to worship is God gives his gifts to us. And this is a wonderful thing for me to realize. Further, I learned in that class the importance of having what we call a liturgy or an order of worship. And that the Lutheran liturgy was saturated in scriptures. And the great joy for this class for me was I learned how much Bible I actually knew because it had been sung into my ears and into my heart over the years. The worship service had formed and shaped my faith and helped me know the Word of God better. I loved that class. It opened my eyes to see how the Holy Spirit was actually working in the worship service in my life. So I got all excited about this. One of her favorite classes, one of my favorite classes. And then I started thinking about how much I love Bible study. And then I got bummed. Because I miss Bible study. I'm sure some of you have told me you've missed Bible study. Some of you have been happy not to have it. I don't know. Uh, but I miss Bible study. And, and don't get me wrong. I love the morning devotions that we're doing. I think they're fun and wonderful and incredibly helpful. But I do miss getting together. And sitting in that room and talking and discussing and wrestling with texts with you guys. Now, just so you know, we will be getting back to Bible studies eventually. Uh, it looks like we're probably going to be getting back to it about August or September, which I know seems like a long time off, uh, but we want to make sure we're doing it wisely. And when, when we do it, we're not going to have to stop doing it right away again. Uh, so it's going to probably be after July when we get back into Bible study. But I do miss those times together. Because I just love getting into the Word. So what was it for you? What was your favorite Bible study that you were ever a part of? What was it about that Bible study that really drew you into the Word and got you excited? 
I venture to guess that if we were to ask that question to the disciples, I would say, hands down, they would tell us the best Bible study they were ever a part of took place on the night of the first Easter, when Jesus appeared to them in the upper room, and the risen Christ with the risen and uh, wounds in his hands and his side opened up the scriptures to them so they might see Christ throughout the word. This is what he said to them that night. Jesus said, these are my words that I spoke to you that I, while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Best Bible study ever, period. Jesus, risen from the dead, opening the scriptures, the entire Old Testament here is what he's referring to, to point to his disciples how the whole story, the whole thing had built up to this moment. Everything culminated in his death and resurrection, and he shows them how the whole thing was pointing to him. It was all about him. And there he's working through the Old Testament, and then at this point, he basically commissions the New Testament. Listen to what he said. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you, he says to the disciples, are witnesses of these things. In other words, you are the ones who saw these things, and now you need to go tell others about them. And they do this for us primarily by writing them down in Scripture. This is what we call the New Testament. So here we have Jesus explaining the Old Testament, commissioning the New Testament, and giving these disciples the best Bible study ever. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be seated there, to listen to Jesus explain these things. If we were to read the section just before this, we would have seen Jesus uh, talking to two disciples on a road to Emmaus, and they're explaining the same things to them, going through the same things uh, with them at this time. And after he kind of leaves that Bible study and disappears from their presence, they say, did not our hearts burn within us? You bet they did. Because the incarnate God, the Word made flesh, had just opened the Scriptures up to them. It's wonderful. Now, no Bible study that we actually do here at the church will ever be that good. No Bible study ever will be that good until we actually see Jesus face to face. Nonetheless, it is crucial for us as disciples to be studying the Word of God together. This is why we say here at CLC that one of the key components of discipleship is learning God's Word together. God has given us His Word so that we may know the truth of His Word. Now, we're not talking about going into Bible study so that we can all be sort of walking Bible encyclopedias and know all the interesting facts and details and trivia about the Bible, as much fun as all of that stuff is. Rather, the goal here is to recognize that when we open the Bible, we are actually sitting at the feet of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit is delivering to us everything we need to know about life and salvation. He's telling us everything we need to know about God's saving work for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we need to know for salvation and everything we need to know to how to navigate our lives through this world of sin. St. Paul, who writes a great deal of the New Testament, once wrote a letter to one of his uh, fellow pastors named Timothy. 
And he told Timothy that the scriptures are given to us in order to make us wise into salvation. And that they are useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, the scriptures are given to us again to deliver Jesus to us, who is our Savior. And then they show us how to navigate our way through this life in this world of darkness and sin. So that's what we want to look at here today. We want to dig into those two points just a little bit more how the scriptures point us to Jesus, and how they give us guidance on how we are to conduct ourselves in this world. It's exactly what Jesus said in that upper room. Remember, Jesus, as we just read, said these things, that these things were written so that we should know that Christ would suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And then he talks about how Genesis and the prophets and the whole thing is about him. And this is very important because I hear so many preachers today and teachers today, as I've just done myself, decry the fact that we live in a very biblically illiterate age. People just don't, just don't know the Bible anymore. Uh, we live in a culture that abandoned the Bible a long time ago. Families no longer work through the scriptures with their children any, anymore. And what's more, we have churches now who are more convinced that we need people in the pews and they're more concerned about getting people in the pews than they are with what they're actually hearing once they arrive there. I mean, you have a lot of churches who will walk around saying we are Bible-believing churches, but then use the Bible as a self-help manual and a list of instructions on how to be a better person. And they never get to Jesus, except for as some sort of spiritual guru or mere guide and not as a savior. You see, to be Bible-based is to be Jesus-focused. It is to have our eyes fixed on the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus actually has an argument one day uh, with a number of the religious leaders in Jerusalem at the time, and they're arguing about the scriptures, and Jesus says this, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is they that bear witness about me. You want to know God, you want to know Christ, in other words, you must look to the Bible. And what you will find is that the Bible is not just basic instructions for you before leaving earth, have you ever heard that before? The scriptures are given to deliver to you Jesus Christ. They give you your Savior. They are not about you, but they are for you, so that you know what Jesus Christ has done for you. And this leads then to the next part, where Jesus says, These things are written so that forgiveness of excuse me, so that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. Jesus in his dying and his rising has won forgiveness of sins for a world bound to sin and headed to hell. The trouble is, in this world, is that we don't realize it. We don't recognize the utter depth of our sinfulness. We don't recognize the utter darkness and the gravity of our rebellion. And therefore, we do not fully grasp the utter depth and the lengths to which God has gone to to be our Savior. And so when giving us the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is coming alongside of us to open our eyes to the fact that we need salvation. He does this with his law by exposing and accusing us of sins, showing us the truth about the depth of our sinfulness, and then turning us back to Christ for forgiveness and salvation. This is what we mean by repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now I do want to talk a quick moment here because it's very applicable to the text about what we mean by repentance. Because I think far too often we've poured more into the meaning of that word than is actually there. 
Sometimes for repentance, we simply mean you need to stop doing bad things and start doing good things. We think of repentance as nothing more than a behavioral adjustment. And that's not quite right. Other times we'll talk about repentance as being really, 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 really sorry for the bad things we've done. And if you're not sorry enough, then you're not repentant enough. And if you're not repentant enough, then God just might not let you back into his good graces. We turn repentance into something we'd better do perfectly and right if we want God to love us. But that's not really quite accurate either. Repentance is more of this idea, that we are born on the wrong path, and we are headed down that wrong path willfully and rebelliously against God. And the light is now shined upon us and says, you need to turn off of this path and turn around and come back to Christ. What repentance is, is stopping heading this way, which takes you away from Jesus, and puts you back on this path, which puts you back towards Jesus. It brings you back to Christ. So repentance is really more of the work of the Holy Spirit through his word, calling us out of our sins and back to Jesus. Putting us back on the right path, turning us away from the sinful path, back to the Lord. So what the scriptures do then is that they come along and they show us our need to repent. They show us the Savior that we have. And then in giving us our Savior, they guide us as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path on this path uh, in this world of sin. They point us back to Jesus. And that's what repentance is. Turning from sin back to Christ, being turned by the word back to the forgiveness of sins that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the scriptures do for us. They enlighten us to our need for Jesus and then give us Jesus. They are not about us. They are for us so that we would see our need clearly for a Savior. The scriptures come so that they authorize me then to be able to stand up here and say to you that you need a Savior because you are a sinner. And I can't just say that to you because it's my opinion. I can say it to you because the scriptures have exposed this about you. They've shown you that you are sinful and need a Savior. But what is more, once again, I can stand up here and not just tell you that you're a sinner, but I can also stand up here and tell you that you are forgiven because the scriptures have told you so. But the scriptures have shown you that you have a Jesus who shed his blood to die for you. And on the basis of this Jesus who has come for the whole world, I can announce to you that you are part of that world. And your sins are forgiven for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has paid it all for you, just as it is written in the Scripture. In this way, then, we as disciples of Jesus are constantly called to sit beneath the feet of the Holy Spirit in His Scriptures and constantly learn what it means to trust this Jesus and to follow this Jesus. We are taught by the Holy Spirit for the rest of our lives what it means to be disciples, to learn God's word together. And for the rest of our lives, we will be learning what the disciples were taught in that upper room in the best Bible study ever. Repentance and forgiveness on account of the crucified and risen Jesus. The deal is you're never going to graduate from this class until Christ comes again. But when he does, then you will see with your eyes him who the scriptures have opened your heart to believe. The that's the real fun will begin. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the forgiveness of sins and the life and salvation you have delivered to us through Jesus Christ. And we thank you that Jesus Christ has given us his word. 
The Holy Spirit has had, it, has had it written down for us so that we might learn it together. Help us to grow in our faith and our love towards you and our knowledge in your word so that we might serve you and one another well in this world. Yes, it's in Jesus' name. Amen.